1: because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones.
0: Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And you know what? It's only going to get better now that you're with us today. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast, Hard to Believe, Yes, it is, but it is 2023, and, you know, we are all free to agree to do better and to put 2022 behind us and go forward. As you know, I'm doing my new brand, the Rhinestone Glitter Granny. We all wear different hats every day, all sorts of things, mother, wife, friend, grandmother, you name it. And today my hat is lime green because I think it's a fun color and I think it's a great way to start the new year. Now, you know my mantra is to ask good questions in order to get good answers. So now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who is a publisher? Hmm, not many of you have. Do you think that being an author or a publisher could be better than being a rock star? (laughs) Well, I hope that we're going to find out today for sure. (laughs) Do you know the difference between being a writer and an author? I consider myself both, so I'm curious to know what the difference is, too. If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions I've asked you today, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Now it's time to relax, go get some wine, get some cheese, and enjoy the no-wine zone. Let me tell you about my guest today. He is a publisher, CEO, founder of Callisti. Publishing Incorporated, one of the world's premier publishers of life amplifying books and services. He is the author of the Master Key Workbook, which is a world renowned expert, uh, Charles Hannell, on his famous The Master Key System. My guest is a bibliophile, a descendant of the Polish winged hussar, an alumni of Pennsylvania State University. It's my pleasure to welcome, finally, back again, I think, to the show, Anthony Raymond. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing today?
2: Very good, January. How are you? And if, if I knew we were wearing hats, I would have worn mine.
0: <laughs> I'm, a hat,
2: I'm a hat person as well.
0: Oh, good, good. Well, you're a publisher. You're, you're so many things. What a wonderful guest. I feel like I've known you forever, and I guess that's because through the years, I've been reading your newsletter and Mm -hmm. getting all your information and admiring you from afar. Uh, Mm -hmm. Wonderful to find you here with us. Before we begin, let me ask the question that I'm asking everyone these days. How did the pandemic Mm -hmm. affect your work? How did it affect your life? And what can you share with us about the things that were difficult and the things that were better?
2: Uh, January, I'm gonna be 100% completely honest with you. Uh If it weren't for the news, and if it weren't for going shopping and seeing the aisles a little empty and being made to wear masks and everything, I wouldn't have known anything was awry. I work out of the home office. Uh Most of my work is done on a computer via email, phone calls. Um Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it didn't affect me per se all that much.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um Later on down the road, it, past few years, just with the book industry, a lot of book binderies and book printers, yeah. Um you know, they were just short of ink and paper and a lot of things with, with that whole uh, supply chain fiasco that happened a year ago.
1: Yeah. Um
2: But for the most part, just being a publisher and working with what I call intellectual property, with words, with books, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, I didn't have to go into an office, the home office, actually, wherever my laptop is, that's where my office is. Mm -hmm. And that's generally home. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like I said, uh, other than just the zaniness, so to speak of (laughs) outside world, when I ventured into it, um, yeah, I I wouldn't have known anything was awry. Uh Um, So I was, I was in a, and, and still, I'm in a very fortunate position like that, and I, I feel very blessed and 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 fortunate to have, to you know, place myself in that position. And
1: <laughs> okay.
2: you know, I, I, saw, I saw people dance, you know, out of work and
0: yeah.
1: and
2: having, oh, yeah. you know change things and when, you know as you can use the word dancing around in the sense of that you know uh you know they they had to reconfigure everything, whereas I just like kind of. Business as usual.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and and, uh, I'm curious. Did you have children? Did you have to homeschool? What about your personal life? How did it impact that?
2: I do not have any children. Now, my wife is is a singing teacher, so her business was turned around uh, quite a bit. So, you know, she had just rented a beautiful studio in our downtown area,
1: Uh and
2: boom. (laughs) Okay. No one, and especially with the singing, you, yeah. you know, was spraying yeah. all over the place. Okay. But she transferred all of her lessons online. Okay. The technology is here. She was Zooming mm-hmm. and people were looking for an outlet and she was doing a lot of like pro bono group lessons for people. And it was really wonderful. And in some ways it, it was, she benefited from it because this was something she was a little hesitant on doing the the tell a lesson, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: But when forced in that position, making those changes,
1: Mm -hmm. boom,
2: there you go. And in in some ways it it worked out very, very well for her.
0: That's Um, wonderful. You know, I call it the uh, pandemic pause. And mm -hmm. it's interesting with all the people that have been on the show, sharing their stories in general, Most people have come out of it, in my opinion, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. It's forced them to step back, think about, reevaluate. And it's forced them to consider new options, new Mm -hmm. ways of doing things. And, you know, I myself, I was on hiatus when this all happened. Mm -hmm. I I told them I was going on a six-month hiatus and it lasted Three years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is that the case? <laughs> yeah,
0: but then when I could see as the pandemic took place that things were changing mm-hmm. and the Zoom factor came into all of our lives in, right? a, in a big way, which is what enticed me to come back and do my podcast with a TV option. Because as before, I, for 10 years, I had been just doing it as radio. Oh, so amazing. it. It opened up new opportunities, and it made people think in a different way. Don't you agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, on many, in many different ways, on many different levels. Uh, it's, you know, we lived through a piece of history. Each yes. and every one of us.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, I think the best thing anyone could do is just look back on history. You know, see what those people went through, and then it's like, wow, well, that was our little bit, and That's it was it was it was an interesting thing, and uh, you know, don't want to do it, again. <laughs> Hope it doesn't happen again.
0: I'm with you on that. Let me just ask: you, How long have you been a book publisher, and uh, what started you on this uh, wow. direction?
2: Um, I mean, if, uh, publishing books for a you know, little over two decades now. Believe it or not, I know it's. It's. I just I, I realized that I'm like, really, really. I'm like, okay, and I guess so. <laughs> time flies. Uh, I, I don't know if I was having no. Time flies when you're having fun. It, it it's definitely a fun thing to do. I I stumbled upon it by accident. I I didn't really plan on this. I went to Penn State University. I have a degree uh-huh. in sociology and philosophy. Okay. Uh, and okay. I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial bent,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh. I was in another business. know well, aftermarket auto body parts? I was in that business. Okay. he's right into books, of course.
0: But, uh, Naturally. And, uh,
2: these, these things make sense. Like I said, you, you know, we could make a movie of this. And uh, but I I I was always into personal development, and self help,
0: okay.
2: Napoleon Hill, and Tony Robbins, all all, all that jazz. Oh,
0: yeah. And, yeah.
2: Now I was partners with uh, in, in the uh, body parts business, and well, my my partner had a book on his bookshelf there, and it was an old book, and I found uh-huh. it. And my reader you know, a self help book. And I'm like, I really like this. I go to find my own copy, can't find it because it's so old, it's not in print anymore. Of course, you know, is
0: <laughs>
2: in the 19 teens,
0: <laughs>
2: and i was looking for my own copy. I said, you know what I'm can't find it. So I said, you know, maybe I'll publish it. And I, I found it. And along the way, my that partner and I, we, we dissolved the business and we dissolved the partnership. The business still existed.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I went my own way and, and I said, I'm going to see if I could publish this as a book. And I went out and bought a computer. So this was a, a circa 1997. Mm-hmm. So bought a computer of that time, got the software and just taught myself how to put a book together and publish it. And wow. it was like the first book I put up a, a, a webpage on it was homepage.aol.com or AOL. Remember those AOL America online homepages?
0: Oh yes, I did. And I know.
2: Put up a web page for it, an advertisement for it. And by a fluke of other circumstances, people found that webpage, a certain group of people found, and they started spreading it. Uh-huh. And next year I didn't even have a physical book in hand and I was taking checks in through the mail for the book. It, it was like one of those funny late night commercials. I'm getting checks in the mail. I'm like, yeah, I'm literally and I, I don't have a product, so I had to I had to literally go and get the product made very oh, quickly. And, I think that's
0: why I love having you on the show because I think we might have been twins separated at <laughs> first. I jumped into book uh, I self-published my first mm-hmm. book, and right. I mean, you haven't lived until you've gone through that experience.
2: Without a doubt,
0: we all know Mark Twain was terrifically successful self-publishing, mm-hmm. but obviously, I'm no Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I, but you know, and, we, we and we, I, I, I'm in awe at how fearless we were to try those things back then. I mean, it was unheard of. And and this was, I tell all writers now, this was way before you could go to uh, Kindle or any of those. You know, those exist. Yeah, yeah. So things were a lot different there. But you know what? I, I wouldn't trade it. It was very exciting. And we really learned a lot. You know? Yeah. And yeah.
2: Uh, it still is exciting. That's a wonderful book. I love that book. that's a great cover that's a good design
0: thank you speaking of books now it's time to take a short break if you're a whiner or if you know a whiner do listen this is for you
1: lately there's a whining epidemic in our world people are even whining about whining are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, You'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com.
0: Welcome back to the No Wine Zone with Anthony Raymond, my guest today. And by the way, all my books, Anthony, are have now become are going into Audible, which is a new thing that's happening in the yep. industry. Uh, before we go on, though, I would like you to share with our listeners your website information and how they can find you and contact you.
2: Okay. Uh, my main website is com. That's K-A-L-L-I-S-T-I, publishing.com. And I'm starting a new imprint uh, for authors of books, and that's ArisBooks, B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you're an author out there and you're interested in seeing your book come to life, being a published author, please, uh, it's new. The website isn't even fully functioning yet, but there is a submission form because I'm taking in a lot of manuscripts and uh, it's going to be for general uh, fiction, nonfiction.
0: Mm-hmm. So whatever
2: you got, whatever you think uh, would make a great book, try it out, erisbooks.com. Uh, you'll be Thanks. very happy. You'll be very pleased. It's a, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with a lot of interesting authors and uh, putting out some really great books and hopefully very, selling a well, lot of them.
0: <laughs> very exciting, and our engineer, Juan, will be putting that information on the bottom of the screen. So if you're interested, you you can contact Tony and just write that down. I was fascinated. Um, I'm looking at Tony's website, and he has incredible collections. Now, listen, these are some of the topics. Business and success, network marketing, books for attainers, Mind, Power, and Mastery, Law of Attraction. Okay, we all need that. And the one I'm interested in, of course, is the billionaire bookshelf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he even has books for organizations mm-hmm. and a section on actions. So there you go. Just go to his website and you can find anything you need to find. Now, you, in our question thing that we talked about before the show I looked at, being an author or a publisher, is that really better than being a rock star? I'm going to
2: say yes. And, and, and here's, this is. Why? It is because it, uh, being a publisher really opens a lot of doors. Pub- the publishing world is like this black box. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and people see authors and everybody wants, well, not everybody, a lot of people want to be authors. It's mm-hmm. a very esteemed uh thing to be if you say you're the author of a book wow people look at you differently yeah if you're in business and you say by the way i'm I'm not only an insurance salesman but i'm the author of absolutely you know you 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 just raised your esteem in people's eyes because it it takes a lot to put a book together i think everybody knows that um like just the sometimes the act of being literate is is awe-inspiring enough but to actually produce something Sure. Something that's going to stand the test of time. That's what's great about books. You know, think about we're reading books that are, you know, two thousand years old, four thousand years old, ten thousand years old. I mean, not that old, but books are still around for a very long time. (laughs) And, Um, And you know, it's
0: interesting because so many people approach us about doing the show with us, and you know, one of the first things I have to honestly admit that I ask is you write a book you have a book as, as an author myself of six books i know what it takes and i know if i've got someone who's written a book we've got something we can really talk about something we can really promote and uh, as you said it's an incredible thing to have on your resume yeah
2: and, and none of that in here jerry you know, here's here's a story it's going to make you laugh it's going to it's okay. going <laughs> to you know back in the early mid two thousands. I think it was 2003. Mm-hmm. We, uh, that that's when a, a lot of rock and roll bands from the late eighties, early nineties, they were kind of getting together. they were having their second wind. they were going yeah. out on tour.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My, uh, then girlfriend now, now wife, uh, you know, we we go to the shows in the tri-state area here, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New, okay. New York, New York city. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we had made other friends. And they, they they knew some of the members of the band. So one time they said, hey, listen, we're, we're before the show. We're getting together for dinner with, uh, you know, the the band members. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to join us? Great. Yeah, let's go. So we go. We we go to dinner at a Japanese restaurant, a sushi place, and uh, walk in and then we shake hands. Everyone's talking. They're talking about, you know, selling records in Japan and how the tour is going and this and yeah, that. Really normal people. You know, you, everyone thinks rock and roll stars and thinking – Parties and you know, yeah. just very quiet, down to earth guys, and they talk to me. You oh, know, Anthony, you know, how, how you, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm, a, I'm a publisher. I publish books. Table goes silent. You know, you could have dropped a fork; it would have, you know, created a commotion.
0: And? Really,
2: all they then that boom! All of a sudden, all at once, all these questions are at me. Oh yeah, how do you get published? What do you? Do? I'm look. I'm working on a book. I'm working on you know, looking at it. What do you think of this? How do I get published? How do I get? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, from being like the, the, the nerd in the corner, mm-hmm. I'm all these really cool guys. Because, you know, they're, they're rock guys. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not cool. But all of a sudden, I am you the play. rock star in the room. And they're, like, asking me questions. So it was
1: really. <laughs> you
0: yeah, know, I love it. I love your story. Because guess what? It's so true. It's as. It's kind of like a, a, a secret club, you know, <laughs> and, and unless you've done it, then they're done it. You're not in the club. Right. And there's so many people who have wonderful, incredible stories to tell, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of brewing and percolating and, you know, they're they're writing the book already, but they don't yeah. know it. They're writing it in their head. And when they get the chance to really sit down and do it, it's probably, I think, one of the most exciting things you'll do in your life.
2: I think so. I, and I've heard that from a lot of people. It's one of the most difficult, yeah, but it's also one of the most exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I would also say one of the most rewarding, um, if not financially. You know, we could all hope for financially, but it's, it's tough. I tell every author, listen, we're ultimately going to sell a product that really nobody wants because nobody, you when know, I say nobody, but nobody likes to read. And, you know, it's tough. You know, there are bad associations with reading, you know, going back to grade school. They used to yeah. punish you. You know, yeah. if, you, if you're if you not, if you don't behave in class, you have to go home and read, <laughs> read three chapters. Oh dear. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and,
2: and even that there's, there's just a lot of distractions There there are a lot of things vying for our times. And, and reading is something that, you know, you have to take time to do.
0: Yeah. And
2: it has to be, and, and it's more rewarding than watching TV or, or in, in some other avenues, but still it's something that, you know, most people read, you know, only a few books a year. And yeah. A outliers who have, you know, read absolutely nothing. Okay. Forget about them. Then you have yeah. some junkies who who read an absurd amount of books
1: and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But you're just trying to find your niche and, and sell your book. And so it's very difficult. So if you can make a living doing it and it, that will take time, uh it's a it's a very fortunate and blessed place to be.
0: And it's a great way to achieve uh I want to say immortality, that would be too <laughs> <laughs> we could hope. It's a chance to put your name on something that's gonna last. It's gonna be there a long, long time, long after you're gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, people say we'll plant a tree and it'll go on forever and ever. Well, planting ideas in people's heads—that—that that also would come under that category. And, exactly,
2: uh, and, that, and that's where—that's why I, I really love books in the sense of there's a, a permanence about them. Every yeah. book is a is a statement, is a just a moment in time, and it, it can be evergreen. You know, there there are those books that just lasted a long time, from the Bible to you know, Plato and you know everyone
0: speaking about books i wrote three books Mm -hmm. that we are in regards to something that happened 60 years ago Mm -hmm. if you can believe it and all of my kennedy books have now just come out in audible so if you're still wondering who killed kennedy i think you might want to explore some of my theories
1: Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now get ready for a theory that you've never heard before but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack the tragic love triangle connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
0: Welcome back with Anthony Raymond. And now, Anthony, let's
2: well, get – I just got to vouch for that book, Ari and Jack. That's a fantastic book. I read that. That's a, that's a great book. Oh, well,
0: good. <laughs> Tell everyone you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, without a doubt. I, I, I know I, I turned a couple of people on to it over the years because that's just a, a really wild and fun theory. And it's like, Ooh,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm down damn. with that. <laughs> I know. We've done so many interviews on that exact thing. And and during all these years, there's only been one person who was not able to even consider my theory. You know, and of course, I'm very open about it. it's a theory. And there's so many theories. It's been mm-hmm. so convoluted. Hard to believe 60 years have gone by. wild. It's very wild. But now let's talk about uh, helping our listeners who want to write their book. Absolutely. Uh, now, what is the difference between, this is for my own information, in your opinion, the difference between a writer and
2: an author? Okay. Uh, uh, an author, here, anybody could write a book and be an author.
0: Okay. okay?
2: From Paris Hilton, God bless her, lover or hater, to you know, the, the most vaunted intellectuals in the world and yeah. the authors. Uh-huh. Now, writers are more of a vocation. And these are people who write every day because they write, and they write, and they write. Um, I, it was James Baldwin who said, the goal of, if you want to be an uh, uh, an author or a writer,
0: mm-hmm.
2: your goal should be a shelf full of books. Like you, you have, uh, for my account, four books. You have three of the Jackie and Ari books, and then Thou Shall Not Wine. Maybe you have other books. Do <laughs> <laughs> you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. A shelf full of books. I think Every author, or every writer should aim for that because they're they're fish hooks in the sea,
0: mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm.
2: one book doesn't get them, um, you know, and you know, there are very few situations like Gone with the Wind, Margaret Mitchell, where you have this one book that turns into very, very few. Um, you know, even J.K. Rowling, you know, grew over the course of of, of her series of books.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's
2: the big difference. You know, authors, like I said, if someone wants to go out there and say write a book for their business, for their you know create their authority, uh, and and maybe tell their story, great, uh-huh. that's wonderful. You'll, you'll be a great author. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great writer. Great writers are difficult, uh, uh, not difficult people, but it's just a difficult. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well was, so you're being an author would mean you're asking how prolific you are. How it, it, that's a big part of it.
2: Um, you know, yeah. when you're writing every day and, and, and you're you know, you're studying writing as as an art form. Uh, be it copywriting or, or literary writing or informational writing, it's you know, it's an exercise. You know, you're gonna get better with times like being a musician, you know, mm-hmm. someone Sure, someone could pick up the guitar, strum a few chords, and, and entertain everyone at the campfire. Not many people are going to play Carnegie Hall. Not many people are even going to play in a bar band. Um, those that take some a definite uh, difference in skills.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, really? So, like I said, with an author, anyone can author a book, and it's difficult. It's tough, but it's how do they say it? it's it's simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. Whereas writing to really develop that and to make a living as a writer, to be known yeah. as a writer, that's okay. that's that's something that's a uh, yeah that takes that skill that takes that exercise.
0: Well, that's, so so many people ask me about you know how to become a writer, and uh, my my answer always has been you know. Don't ask the question. Just do it.
2: You're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sit down mm-hmm. and, you know, write, write, write. And mm-hmm. also you need to uh make it a habit. And uh, you also need to go at it with uh, abandon. And you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about just write your thoughts, get something on paper. Okay. And you're on your way. Don't you agree?
2: Without a doubt, that's a big part of it. Uh, one of the big problems I, I, I see with many manuscripts is that a lot of times the the person, the author, tries to write like an author. Yeah. So instead of just letting the ideas flow from hand, and that's sometimes that's that extra, because I find out it's difficult. You, you know, you want to pick the right words and make it sound right. It's like no, those people just you know can let it flow, and they're great storytellers or they're great. You know, just have a wonderful way with words. Yeah, and 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 so that's a yeah. I tell authors, you know, don't write like an author. Don't try to be this Mm -hmm. uh, 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 type of (laughs) you know experience. It's about. just be you just write it's uh you know tell the story as if you're talking to someone and for some people that works they they talk and they record it and then they transcribe it sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't because sometimes people can't stand their own voices
0: (laughs) you can do all the writing in the world and the bottom line is when you get picked up by a publisher hey, they're going
2: to give you an editor. Well, I was just about to say that. You know, you write down everything. Write down everything, that stream of consciousness. It doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. one, you know, that's like 20% of the book because the other 80% is going to be the editing, the whittling, uh, Mm -hmm. moving things around. Uh, Rarely does a book come to me that's fully baked.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, A lot
2: of, you know, more often than not, it's like, wow, we, we have to do some, seriously you know we, we it's like a, being a jeweler you know you get a you get this clump of rock this compressed
0: carbon okay. and to another question now everyone uh thinks that you hear you that you need an agent gotta mm-hmm. have an agent mm-hmm. i've never had an agent i was always my own agent mm-hmm. but what's your thoughts about how to get an agent. That's a difficult thing, isn't you know,
2: it? it? It can be. Absolutely. Uh now you are a writer or an author is going to need an agent if they're aiming to get with a big house, a big publishing mm-hmm. house, random mm-hmm. house, penguin. Yeah.
0: You
2: know, sometimes Wiley. Uh a lot of times they will not accept unsolicited manuscripts. Uh, a lot of legal reasons and understandable. Uh, smaller publishers like myself and m- mid-sized publishers, uh, they will accept unsolicited manuscripts. So for me, you know, uh, you know, you don't need an author, we don't need a middleman. Um, but for the big houses, uh, an author or a writer will. Now, the, just the main thing you know, with finding an agent: no money up front, never, not once, not a thing. You send them your material, you give them some phone calls, some emails, send them a Christmas card, you know, get, get to know them and and heed their advice Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um, and listen to them and then let them do their work, which is connect you with the right publisher and hopefully get for you the the biggest advance, if that's in the, in the cards or the best publishing deal.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: uh, that's it. Just no money up front. And if you're one thing I, I notice about a lot of people, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, you know, publishing is like this black box. And it really doesn't need to be. Uh, there's a lot of information online about how publishing works, you know, the scams to avoid some of the yeah. public, the, the lesser, the lower reputation publishers or publishers that are out there. And uh, you know, it, it behooves someone if you want to get into this profession, if you want to enter this arena. Learn everything you can about it, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, don't be afraid to do your research and, and find out what is out there, what are the perils and pitfalls, as well as you know, what what's the great things that could come along. And same thing, you know, researching agents, you know, make that list. It's like you're shopping for a car. I like this one. I like you know. there's your here's your list, and then you go and you. Kick the tires, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, you, you find someone with whom you could work. And that's even with finding a publishing house. You know, I've uh, I've, I've not worked with authors not because their book was bad. We just didn't quite get along very well. Right. I mean, not, we mean but we're just had to, yeah, okay, eh, you know, that, and that's fine. And and I, and now here's the thing: I spoke very highly of these people to other publishers. I want them to be successful. I, nothing against you know anyone being uh successful it's just you no know, and we weren't the right fit or sometimes their genre wasn't the right genre for me great book wrong genre
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, hey i know some other publishers that, that are gonna love this they're gonna love you you're, you're gonna get along with them fam- famously um that's what you do you know i one thing i really enjoy about publishing as you know you have say the stock market or real estate and it's really dog eat dog
0: yeah
2: uh publishing has been and in many ways still is a, a more gentlemanly business there's a lot more things done on a on a handshake I've,
0: I've, i know.
2: one of my best-selling books mustard seeds shovels and mountains by jf Jim Straw. Uh-huh. uh we did we did the uh, book deal over email didn't speak with him once. The first time I spoke with him, the book had been out and it had, was an Amazon bestseller for uh, uh, quite a while. Uh, and he was doing an interview, and I had to be on the line with him to do the interview for some reason. That
0: was sure. the first yeah. time I
2: spoke with him. The book had been released, you know, and uh, yeah. Sometimes that's how just just how it works, you know. You have my
0: ex- my experience is it's an incredible industry, and everyone. I've met everyone seems to want to help each other do well. Everyone wishes you well. You know, it's not the dog-eat-dog because dog, everyone kind of reaches out and say, hey, I know what you're going through. Been there, done that. And For me, it's been very encouraging uh, right now. Speaking of encouraging, have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Welcome back with my own priceless personality today, Anthony Raymond. Anthony, let's talk about the Master Key System. And you wrote the Master Key Workbook. And Mm -hmm. I've been looking at this from afar, and I'm very curious. What can you tell us about this?
2: Well, the Master Key System was a book written around in the 19-teens by a fellow named Charles S. Hannell. Okay. It's part of the New Thought Movement, which is uh, kind of this outbranch of Christian science. And it's a lot. It's where the concepts of the law of attraction and positive thinking was really born and brought to fruition. Uh, that which And it became, of course, exploded in uh, like the 30s and 40s with uh, Napoleon Hill and Thinking Grow Rich. Yeah. But Mr. Hanel wrote this book, and it started off as a correspondence course of sorts, okay. uh, where he'd send out the chapters week by week and then he made it bound it into a book and this was the book I found when I was in that auto body parts business and said hey I'm going to publish this because I can and it started me on this journey and like I said, people were okay. I this guy Charles F. Handel and it, huh.
0: it became a, a huge huge success so this and is the book yeah this is the book okay go on tell us more and uh
2: so along the way I published the rest of his books and then I wrote the master key workbook, which is a, a, a what is a, a workbook based on the master key system to help people, uh, really absorb and, and learn the, 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 the thoughts and ideas in the master key system. And it uh, comes down to, you know, a lot of goal setting
0: mm-hmm. and
2: really deciding what you want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, idea is that you know most people once they decide what to do it becomes kind of easy <laughs> uh, in a way uh you know it, it's, it's you know it's that but the problem is a lot of people well, i want to do this i want to do that this that and the other thing and and you know they, they they never settle on that one thing whereas you look at the greats you know you have frank sinatra baritone that's it he was a singer. Now, later on, of course, it became movies, and so mm-hmm. was, he was a singer, and, and, you know, when you talk about, you know, Bill Gates' computers, that's it, you know, he's not uh, doing anything else, he you know, doesn't make sandwiches on, <laughs> well, he didn't, and still doesn't, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, that, this book, you know, uh, so really, many, oh, I'm sorry.
0: how so many times I've put things out into the universe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like specific things, You know, I'm not talking about, you know, pie in the sky stuff. I put specific things, and I'm always amazed uh, that actually works.
2: It does. It's very spooky at times. Yeah. And uh, it's (laughs) one of those things, and and really that's not all the master key system is about, nor the law of attraction, but Mm -hmm. that's sometimes a part of it. Uh, It's also a matter of, you know, as 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 you, you know, Mr. Hannell had this great quote, and I, and I use it in a lot of things. You know, you must first, you first must have knowledge of your power. Second, the courage to dare. Third, the faith to do. And that's what the, the master key system it reminds you view a lot of life in, in a nutshell. You know, yeah. you you first have to have the knowledge. You have yeah. to know. Yeah. You have to learn. But the mm-hmm. then you have to, have to have the courage to actually go out there and do something with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
2: a lot of times that courage is enough because you have to have that faith. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the things we do, and that's why I tell authors of books, you know, every book is, uh, you know, kind of very speculative. Sure. And you don't, you don't know if you have a winner or not. And you could think you had the most winningest winning winner <laughs> of the decade. And you throw it out there and it's like, Oh, it's, not winning like I thought it would. Then, <laughs> then I have these books, I'm like I, I, I don't know why I published it. Ah, let's put it out there. Next thing you know, it's like you, you uh, wait what? Yeah.
0: It takes it, off. It, yeah. Okay. So so now did you um film me did you buy the rights to this book or well,
2: was it? the, the, How the did book was the, 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 the it was in the public domain. Oh uh, okay. so the raw book itself. And then you know, I came in and published that. I added a lot of footnotes because um, you know, my, I, I kept all the language intact, uh, what a lot of some editions of the book, you know, after mine came out, they, they changed it. They tried to modernize it and put different uh-huh. spins on it. And I, I always wanted, I, and I like having an author's original words there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was very important to me. It Still is. And did you ever, hear, I,
0: did you ever hear from his family? One, two, I did.
2: I've heard from uh, grandkids
0: oh,
1: and
2: no, great grandchildren.
0: Oh,
1: okay.
2: And yeah, they loved it. They they think it's great. They they one of them maybe it was a great niece, grand niece, but she remembered him, and she's like, yeah, we remembered him. Like, oh yeah, he did some stuff because. You know, back at the turn of the century, this, this guy, this Charles of Hanel, he, he was one of the first conglomerates, Maybe not one of the first, but, you know, he, he owned a conglomerate. Oh,
0: okay. And then that he got... Was he, successful.
2: he was very successful. And then he got into the, the, these books and was very successful in that. And uh, yeah, so his, his grandchildren, nieces, I, I can't remember the exact relation, uh but yeah they they they're it's very neat to see the name out there and to see their great grandfather or uncle or you know relation remembered like that Okay. Uh, i've in
0: worked- perfectly to my last question <laughs> and my last question i always ask all my guests are if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead besides me who would it be? And I'm suspecting maybe you should invite Charlie for
2: dinner. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be somewhat, perhaps, maudlin, maybe a little bit saccharine. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd just be my dad. Oh. Um, you know, I, I I I know what you mean. And I get, I, I, with that question, your answer oh, is, I'd, I'd like to, I'd, knowing what I know now. You know, my father died in, like, 1998.
0: Uh.
1: Oh, 20,
2: no! So a long time ago, so don't get oh. me wrong. You know. But mm-hmm. it, it's like I'd like to see yeah. him now or talk to him now with that experience, because when you're that young, in your twenties right. and stuff, uh, it, it's a very different situation. But, uh, That's you know, a- but but going through history, God, there, you know, there are so many great personages. Uh, yeah. I, I, I if I could remember the name, I've stealed a bit by a you know, Will Durant, the historian Will Durant. You know the, and the Ari- Will and Ariel Durant. Uh, uh think, but he said something I, I can't remember which woman he named. It may have, let's just say Lady Godiva. I don't know. But he but he said I'd I'd have dinner with her because she was uh supposed to have been the, the most beautiful woman who ever lived.
0: <laughs> so you know, I'll feel
2: his bit and, and uh
0: Without her clothes, yeah, Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, this has been so much fun, and I look so forward to having you. And uh, to my dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together. We've tried to be informative and giving you some inspiration. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, energizing, just like Anthony was today. Our show is on live at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and I'm looking forward to next week, uh, animal expert, a pet expert, Larry Grogan. He will be on the show. Now, my 79, actually almost 80 in 2023, for the year, is... (laughs) The most expensive vehicle to operate any time in your life is by far going to be the Costco shopping cart. (laughs) So There you go. Signing off from the Glitter Granny, I'm so happy to have spent some time with you. Thank you for entering the No Wine Zone. And please share our stories with everyone you know. Remember, stop whining and then start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate, lots and lots of (laughs) chocolate. Again, thank you so much to Anthony Raymond. It's been so delightful to meet you and spend time with you. And to my listeners, take care and stay safe until we meet again, hopefully next week.